live. Amen. Amen. Our, our minister today was going to speak for us, uh, Minister Tom Ballinger of the house. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. For him standing and giving us a word. Good morning. How's everyone this morning? I want to say good morning to uh, the media and all those that are listening or watching. However, you have joined joining us this morning. We appreciate you being with us. Uh, I want to say thank you to Dan too. Thanks for coming, Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so look. Yes. Um, Let me get myself out of the way here. Dear Heavenly Father, Father, we thank you once again, Father, for allowing us to rise this morning, Father, to be in your presence, Father. And we just pray that the Holy Spirit abide with us this day, Father, that he's here in our presence, Father, and that he's here to uplift and to bring forth the word that you have put in my spirit, Father. Father, we thank you, we praise you, and give you all the honor and all the glory, Father. We just thank you, and we love you. Amen. Today, I was studying something, and um, you know how you can't get a grip on something? And it was one of those things, so I had to go verse, go backwards, verse by verse by verse, until I got back to verse 1. And Sister Manley just asked me if I was going to do all 41 (laughs) verses. But that's what was led, was given to me. But um, I had to condense it. You know, but one of my greatest fears in life was being blind. You know, going blind, I think, was one of my greatest fears fears, not being able to see, you know, to be able to do for my own self. I remember when I was a child, there was a a man, his name was Peter, but we called him Peter Pie, you know, and he was blind, and he could get around well, but he used a cane to get around. But at night, this man would pray us to sleep and awake. I mean, he would pray all night long for his sight. And I often wonder why God didn't give this man his sight. You know, he would pray, pray, pray. And then one night he started praying, and we didn't hear him anymore. He, you know, was stopped. And then I was awakened, you know, by, you know, like a rumbling noise and people going in and out and talking real loud and going on. And I'm wondering what's going on. Come to find out Peter Pie had died, you know. And so one of the things I heard the people say was he can see now. And I'm saying, wow. (laughs) But that was one of my fears. And I am grateful today that I have yet to experience that. And I pray that I never experience it, you know. But uh, what I want to bring to us today 
is blindness. But the blindness I want to talk about is being blind not only physical, but mental and spiritual. Spiritually. Because as we will find out in this chapter, that the world is definitely blind spiritually today. Amen. I'm going to start at in, in the book of John, the ninth chapter. And I'm going to begin at the first verse through the seventh verse. And then I'm going to continue on somewhere in the same, somewhere else in the same chapter. In the book of John, the ninth chapter, we'll find these words beginning at verse 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind. Now, you know, back in them days, you know, people deemed things like that was wrong with you. If something was wrong with you, it was because of sin. Because of some kind of sin, this is what happened to you. And it gives an inkling like, you know, that they they might have thought that there was maybe some reincarnation or something that in your past life you might have done something that now in your in your new life you're paying for, you know. So they, the disciples was asking Jesus, you know, what sin had he committed or his parents had committed that this man was born blind? So Christ, he went on to say, he answered them and said, Neither had this man sinned nor his parents, but that the work of God should be made manifest in him. You know, and something else that's very interesting here. He said, I must work the work of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. And I was trying to understand that verse right there. You know, what did he really mean by that? And I think what he meant was what came into my spirit was that in those days, they believed in miracles. They believed strongly in miracles. You know, and Christ knew that if he did this then, that people would, uh, some people, not most people or, or all the people, would, would believe once they see what Christ has done to bring, the, bring this man out of his blindness. But he also went on to say that um, he had to do this while it was day. In other words, while people could see, while they believed. That this could be done because there's coming a time when it's going to be darkness like today when no one will believe. You know, because we believe in science today. You know, we believe in technology. 
you know, we don't believe in miracles really anymore. You know, only when something happens to us, then we'll get down on our knees and ask God to help us. You know, we, that's when we will really get down and pray and ask God, you know, for the help that we may need. But up to that point, everything is technology and science. You know, the pandemic, you know, with the pandemic, you know, um, uh, nobody was, everybody was looking to science to bring us out of this pandemic. You know, but one thing uh, Sister Manley reminded us of, I think it was Wednesday night or last Sunday, was that we stood on Psalms 91. That psalm, and I tell you, I said it daily, you know, sometimes two and three times a day. And I didn't wear a mask. And this church was never closed during that period. But a lot of churches closed up, but we never closed. You know, we was always open. You know, so, um, you know, I believe, I believe in miracles. You know, I've seen the work of the Lord. I've seen what he has done and what he can do, you know, but most of the world don't believe. They don't believe, you know, um, verse five, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Christ is talking about himself being the light. You know, and he is the light. If we only believe, you know. Um he uh see cuz we can't see the future. We don't know any uh our destination like when we walk out this door, we don't know if we're going to get home or not, you know. All we know is that we're leaving this place, you know. Um, but if, if we depend on Christ, Christ can be our light. You know, believing that Christ is in our lives, this is what we have to believe today. Is that he's here, that he's here, he's going to show up for us. But we have to believe that. We have to understand that. We have to study to show and to, to realize who Christ really is today. You know, he's our savior. He's our savior. He came into the world to let us know that there is life beyond this life. You know, but we have to work towards that life. We just we just can't get it like that. You know, we have to work for this. You know, we have to we have to dig into ourselves, get honest with ourselves. We have to we have to clean up some things, you know, like we're gonna find out in a couple of more chapters if I can get to them. Because right now I'm fumbling. <laughs> but uh you know, um but Christ is the way. And I'll tell anybody that Christ is the way. But you have to be a believer. You have to try to understand what is really going what he came into the world to do. You know, now I'm going to jump. Um, oh, let me finish these couple of verses. When he had spoken, verse 6, when he had spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay a spindle. And he anointed the, the eyes of the blind man with clay. And he said unto him, go wash in the pool 
of Solomon, Solomon which interpreted interp, the interpretation means sent. He went he went on his way therefore and washed and came seeing. Now when he had gained his sight and people began to see that he was seeing they marveled and they wondered, you know, how he was able to see. And he was telling them. And uh, they wanted to know who this man was, you know, that gave him his sight. So, like he told them, he didn't know him at the time because he didn't see him, you know, because before he could see Christ had sent him to wash the clay off his eyes in the pool. So when he when he gained his sight, he didn't know, still didn't know what Christ looked like. You know, but telling people and people asking him who did this, you know, he didn't know at that time. At that moment, he didn't know. Although after they seeing this, they took him to the Pharisees and the Pharisees questioned him they went so far as to even question his parents as to how this man was born blind and now he could see you know because they looked upon him as being a sinner this was the control that the Pharisees had over the people during that time you know that whatever they said was law, you know. And so his parents was afraid of being excommunicated from the, ch the temple. So they told him to ask him how he was able to see. And when he told them, they looked at it being the Sabbath, you know, no man is supposed to heal or do any work on the Sabbath. You know, but like Christ would tell them in the future that, hey, this the Sabbath, man wasn't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man or vice versa. You know, but they looked at it under the law. They were under the law. And if you went against the law, you was in violation. And they would either put you out or you could be stoned to death, you know. So they questioned him and questioned him. And uh, I'm going to jump down to, I believe, 23, where he says, uh, therefore his parents, he is of age, asked him. Then again, called they the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. Now how can a blind man sin? Especially born from blind. I mean, how would he know what sin is? You know, unless by hearing, you know, that was the only way he would be able to understand what sin might be. You know, other than that, he, he wouldn't know. 
He wouldn't know because he couldn't see. You know, he had to sit on the corner and beg for money in order to survive because they didn't have social service. Or back when I was a a young man, they was called uh, welfare. And back when I was a kid, it was called home relief. You know, they didn't have these things. They didn't have disability. They didn't have none of these things where you could get money to sustain yourself during during the period of, um, of, you know, not having anything. So he had to sit on a corner and beg for arms, money. And people would give, some would give, some wouldn't give, you know. But this is what he had to do, you know. So to me, how could this man sin? What, what, would, what would be his sin? Being blind? I couldn't understand that. For being blind, you're a sinner? I couldn't understand that. You know, but this is the way the church looked at you. You know, they were righteous in their own sight and in their own mind. They were righteous because they had all their faculties. But yet they didn't know how blind they really were. You know, um, I'm going to skip down again over to 23, I mean, 30, uh, 33, sorry. And here it is. If this man was not of God, this is the blind man talking about Christ. He could do nothing, which is true. You know, we look at a lot of people today, you know, because of school and everything, you know, they have the ability to uh, perform operations. You know, I had cataract surgery on one of my eyes, you know, and, you know, at the time I was afraid they wanted to do both eyes, but I was afraid, you know, I said, no, only do one just in case if something happened, I'll still have one eye, (laughs) but, um. When I saw how, you know, how it came out and that it was like, wow, I could see real good now. You know, it's like, okay. But then they said, well, the other cataract isn't that bad, so we don't have to remove that. But see, Christ did this by putting clay on a person's eye where they had to numb my eye and go in and remove the old lens. And put another lens in. But Christ didn't have to do that. He said he put, he spit on the ground and took the clay and put it over this this man's eyes and told him to go wash. That's all he had to do. And he came seeing. We don't think of the things that technology and science can do today. We don't look at that as being a miracle. We don't look at the fact that they had to get this from somewhere. They had to have the initiative to want to do this. And what gave them, they, they're not looking at how they got the initiative to want to do this. You know, a lot of our abilities today is caused by a little voice that we hear in our minds 
that pushes us forward to do these things, whatever it is we may be, we may want to do, play the keyboard, guitar, you know, or preach or whatever, you know. But there's something that's speaking to us in the back of our heads. But we don't look at it as being something spiritual, something high. You know, we don't look at it as being godly. You know, we don't look at it like that. We look at it like, oh, I thought about this and I thought about that. No, it had to come from somewhere other than ourselves. Had to come from somewhere else. You know, so that's what this man is is saying to the the Pharisees, that he could, that whoever this is, he could not do it unless he had the Spirit of God. And they answered him, 34, and they answered and said unto him, Thou was altogether born in sin. How can a person, I know we are born in sin through Adam and Eve. But you have to understand what sin really is. You know. Hmm. Hmm. They answered and said to him, Thou altogether was born in sin. And does thou teach us? Then they cast him out. They put him out of the temple. You know. Because the man seemed to be a little wise. And what he was saying that they put him out. You know, Jesus, 35, heard that they had cast him out. And when they had, when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord? Now he gets a chance to see the person that brought him out of darkness. And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is it is he that talketh with thee. And right away he said, Lord, I believe and worship him. Now here's a man who was brought out of darkness. And he knew that it was by some miracle that he was brought out of darkness, you know. And when he saw the man that brought him out, quite naturally, he worshipped him. He believed in the man. And Christ goes on to say in 39, he says, For judgment I've come into the world, that they which see not might see. And they which see might be made blind. In other words, sometimes something has to happen to to us in order to get us to understand how blessed we are. You know, I mean, we, we can run for a long time thinking that we're getting away with something. But then all of a sudden, something will happen to shed a little light on who you really are. You know, and this is what Christ is talking about. And some of the Pharisees, 40, 
Some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Jesus said unto them, If you were blind, you should have no sin. And that's what I was asking myself. How can a blind person sin? You know? But he says you would have no sin. But now you say you see, therefore your sin remaineth. In other words, you've been seeing all along. You know what you've done, you know. It's time for you to pay for some of the things you think you've gotten away with, you know, because a lot of times we think, I know when when I was a a young man, there's a lot of stuff I thought I had gotten away with. And I remember my mother spanking me one day, and uh, I said, but, Mom, I didn't do that. She said, well, I'm spanking you for old and new. Stuff you think you gotten away with. I'm getting you for that too, you know. So, you know, we never get away. We think we're getting away, but we don't get away. And this is what Christ is saying to these Pharisees, you know. I'm going to run to uh, Matthew 23. And I'm going to begin, oh, I still got a lot of time, huh, uh, at verse 25. Matthew 23, verse 25, where he says, Christ is speaking here. He says, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. These are people who think. They got it going on, you know. Um, They pretend to be what they're actually not, you know. He says, for you make clean the outside of the cup and the platter. But within, they are full of extortion and excess. 26. Thou blind Pharisees, clean first that which is within the cup and platter, that outside of them may be clean. You know, woe, 27, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, for you are like a white sepulcher, sepulcher, which indeed appears beautiful outwardly, but within are full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanliness, you know. And I'm pretty sure he's talking about how we think, you know, here. You know, I mean, the first thing we really have to do, you know, coming coming under Christ's rule, you know, being a disciple, is to clean ourselves up, you know, and we have to clean ourselves up from the inside out, you know, 
Because as I hear so many times, and I'm pretty sure Dan do too, that we are nothing but a dressed up garbage can. That we have to clean up from the inside. You know, I can make the outside of that garbage can look real good. But look at the smell and the inside of that garbage can. That's what has to be cleaned. We have to clean up how we think and our actions. You know, a lot of things that we're doing, we have to stop. You know, and that takes work. See, a lot of people are coming to church and they're nothing but a dressed up garbage can. There's a lot of work that has to be done on an individual. And we can't do it just by coming in and sitting down. We have to come in here and study, get prayed up, and talk to other people in the church. You know, and find out how they're living and what they're doing. You know, especially we have to study in order to clean ourselves up. Because if you don't know what's wrong with you, you can't, you can't do nothing. So we have to stop, take inventory, and look deep within ourselves and clean ourselves out. Okay? Let's go to uh, Matthew fifteen fourteen. This is going back to the to our leaders. Let them alone. 14 15:14 Matthew 15:14 Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both shall fall in a ditch. So Here again, we have to pick the right places. You know, um, listen well to what's being said and how it's being done in the church that you attend. And if it's not up to this word, then you shouldn't be there. You know, if it's all about entertainment, you shouldn't be there. You know, you want to get the word. You want to know how to live. This is what we're trying to do. Learn how to live so that we can grow as disciples. Grow in the word of God. It is time that we begin to live. I had a cousin to pass yesterday. Him and I was this, are the same age. And he went, th- he was going through dementia. And you know how you think about somebody, but you say, I'm going to get down there to see him. And I didn't. And I was beating myself up last night. And my wife was saying, don't put yourself through that. 
you know. But I was beating myself up because he was on my mind very strong, and I didn't go. You know, sometime when somebody is on your mind like that, go. Go then. You know, go. You know, um, but I'll be there uh, for the family. I'm going to jump over to Matthew 13. 15 through 17. Matthew 13, beginning at the 15th verse. For this people's hearts is waxed cross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have have they have closed least at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them this is Christ talking you know but blessed 16 blessed are your eyes for they see in your ears, for they hear. Christ is saying that, and we see it today. People don't want to hear anything. If you're not giving them something, if you're not, if it's no song or no dance involved, no entertainment, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. The word people do not really want to hear today. Those that want to hear the word are few, or what I used to call the chosen few, the faithful few. You know, because you want to understand God, and that's what we want to understand. We want to understand him. We want to get to know him. And to get to know him, we have to study. And this is what Christ is talking about here. You know, because... In other words, God has put a block over certain people that they can't see. They can't hear. Like he did Pharaoh. You know, Pharaoh didn't want to let the people go. He wanted to keep the people the way they were. So God turned him over. You know, and he couldn't see. You know, he couldn't hear. He couldn't hear what it was that he really needed to hear or understand. And see, we got people that's, that, that's the way they are today. It's all about getting money to have what we want, to have our toys. We want to have our cars. We want to have our boats. We want to have, you know, whatever it is we want, that's all we can see. You know, and if God is not providing these things, then we don't want to deal with him. We do not want to deal with him. Now, if God bless us with these things, we'll say, we might say thank you. But then we go right back to being who we really are. You know. Mm -hmm. We go right back to being who we really are. So it is now, hmm, 
Good morning, Moses. Good morning, Miss D. It's about waking up, brothers and sisters. It's about waking up. It's about trying to get close and understanding God to the best of our ability. It's about finding a church and a church home that deals with this, you know, that will bring the word, you know, that will break the word down to you for those of us who don't understand it, you know, and try to teach us the way we should believe. You know, to get us closer to him, to get us to understand him, to get us to grow spiritually. Because so many of us are dead spiritually. We are functioning on a, on a physical level. But mentally, we are warped. We are warped. We can't think. You know, the only thing we can think of is what we want. You know. And that's all we can see. You know, other than that, talking to me about spiritual things, I didn't want to hear at one point in my life either. You know, I did not want to understand it. All I wanted, all I wanted was what I wanted and more if I could get it. That's all I knew, you know. And when that was over with, then I'm looking for your money to continue doing what I was doing. You know, and if you didn't give me your money, well, we'll talk about that later on. Uh, but let's go to um, Micah 3 4. There is coming a time when people are going to cry out. Then shall they cry unto the Lord, but he will not hear them. He will even hide his face from them at that time, as they have behaved themselves ill in all their doings. You know, the only time we pray is when we're in trouble or when we're in real need. Of something. That's when that's when we will get down and pray. And then we wonder why God isn't listening to us. You know, if if he doesn't act right away. You know, because we want instant gratification. You know, we want it then. You know. Oh Lord, get me out of this. Get me out of that. You know. But it's in his time. Because he knew before we even got into whatever it was we got into, that we were going to get into it. He knew it. So everything has a cycle, just like uh, a woman's period. Everything has a cycle. When that cycle comes around, there's a door that is open. And if you do not step through that door, then you're going to repeat that cycle all over again until you finally step through that door. And when you step through that door and give yourself a break, then you begin to see 
You know, like an artist, you know, when an artist paints a picture, he can't see it close up. But when he steps back from the picture, he can see all the mistakes in that picture. And he can go back and correct it. And see, when we step through that door, that's what we can do. We can look back at all of our mistakes. And if we need to repent or ask for forgiveness, then that's when we should. You know, but we can also backslide. We can also backslide. And when we backslide, then we open that portal again in that very cycle we have to go through again and again and again until we step back through that door and say enough is enough. You know, and a lot of us don't make it through that door. You know, and see, Satan waits because he's waiting for you not to make it through that door. Because he wants you. He wants to take you to his domain in your mess, whatever that mess may be. And if you get trapped off in it, I can't help you. No one can help you. Jeremiah. No, Isaiah 56. Nine through twelve. And these, you know, when I see the word beast and uh, I think of how a person thinks, you know, because when we think negatively, we're acting beastly. It says in 9, Isaiah 56, 9, All ye beasts of the field come to devour you. All ye beasts of the forest. These are people that are cunning. That's all they do is think daily on how to manipulate, to get a hold to your stuff or whatever you have in your pocket. You know, it says here in 10, his watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. They are all greedy dogs, which can never have enough. They are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way. Everyone for his own gain from his quarters. Come ye, say they, I will fetch wine and will fill ourselves with strong drink. And tomorrow 
shall be as the day and much more abundant. There are people waiting to destroy you. If you're weak enough and you don't have the understanding or a good shepherd to guide you through these times because you're going to run into them if you haven't already. You're going to run into them. And if they can manipulate you, matter of fact, they do it on the phone every day. What, what do they call that? Um, people that call on the phone? Or yeah. They're doing it every day to get your attention. And once they get your attention, what happens? Boom. They won't let you off the phone. You got to hang up on them. You know? But you got people today that that's all they do is try to figure out how to get whatever you got in your pocket out. They want your money. You know? And all you have to do, the first thing they will ask you, do you have a bank account? And that does it. If you got an account, they want to get into it, you know, and they will drain you dry. I did something a few months back. Uh, it was a sweepstake, and I said, okay. And the next thing I knew, I went to go to the bank, and a hundred and something dollars was taken out of my account. I said, whoa. How did this happen? So I had to go into the bank and find out how that happened. And it was, ooh, okay. And it was because I had paid into this sweepstake, and it was an ongoing thing. So every so often, they was taking money out of your account. So I had to take my card and cancel that one so that they couldn't get no more money. And uh, when I tried to get my money back, I couldn't get my money back. You know why? Because it was a foreign, something foreign. They couldn't trace it. So I was out of a hundred something dollars. But you know, I look at that as being payback. Because how many times have I done that to people? You know? It's to sell people stuff that I didn't even have. And they bought it. And I mean, they bought it. I sold a man a box for $50 that was supposed to be a TV. And it was a brick in it. That's what was in the box. I don't have to live like that today. I am grateful that the Lord has came into my life and has turned me around. And I'm saying to anybody that's having a problem, any kind of a problem, you can have the Lord to turn your life around. It is time for me to take a bow. <laughs> I pray that you all have gotten something out of it, out of this lesson. Think about the blindness that you may be going through.
and ask God to remove whatever that stumbling block is. Have a blessed day. Amen. Good morning, church. Before we come around and have Brenda come around and the deacons uh, to uh, take up the uh, offering, I want to uh, share something with you. Um, I'm starting up a uh, a new YouTube uh, ministry. It's called Life Coaching, House of Destiny, Courses in Life. And it's time to expand into some more areas of the world. I remember one at one time, I don't know what we're reaching now, but at one time we were reaching upwards of a hundred million people a week throughout the world. This church right here. I don't know what the number is now. I stopped trying to keep up with it. I just, only thing I know to do is just let them put the word out there. And whosoever will, let them hear. But this YouTube channel that uh, started up, it's going to take a whole lot of studying and a whole lot of work. It'll probably take about two, two and a half years to get it strong. And when I mean strong, I'm talking about real strong. So there's a lot of preparation involved in it, and I'm soliciting your prayers. I'm soliciting your prayers. Uh, I want to spend anywhere from an hour to three hours a day on it. And Brenda, I would like for you to put a fire up under me on the times that I'm slack in that hour to three hours of work each day that it's going to take to bring about production. I'm not stupid enough to believe that I can do it without y'all help. You understand me? This is not, I don't put my name, you know how some preachers, they put their name on their ministry? I've never done that. It's always been House of Destiny. Because that's whose ministry it is with God. So, In this uh, YouTube venture, not going to be dealing with scripture per se. It's going to be hidden in the wisdom of God, if you can understand what I'm saying. Because we're trying to help not only Christian, but all people. And everybody might not want and understand 
when we talk about Jesus. Could turn some people off. But when you talk about love and when you talk about the wisdom that life brings, when you come at them that way, you're coming at them from a different angle, but you're still coming at them from the realm of God. Because it takes all kind to make the world. And everybody don't think like we think. Even in here, we don't all think alike, but love has brought us together, joined us, caused us to be believers, and we're doing the best we can. So with this YouTube channel, not only are we trying to help others, but we're also trying to help ourselves financially. Because it takes a lot to do the work that this ministry does around the world. You see how many people are here? But over $70 million of money and food and products has come through this church over how many years? 20 years? That's a lot of jack. We could have been rich. But that's not why God gave it to us. God gave it to us so that we could help others. For 20 years, I stood in this pulpit and never took a salary. What other ministry do you know besides the ministers that are here? My wife is in this pulpit now, doesn't get a salary. We depend on God. When other ministers like Minister Tom, you know, he don't get a salary. What we do here, we do for God. So I just want y'all to pray. I want y'all to pray for this YouTube channel, this life coaching, because if ever a time that we need the wisdom, that excels the wisdom of this world is now. And it just wouldn't be right for me to have the knowledge that I have and not send it out continuously into the world in whatever way that God leads me to do it. So once again, all I want to do, all I want y'all to do is just pray strength, that my mind, that my ability, that my health holds up so that I can start on this next journey of this ministry and interact it with all the ministries that we've got going on now so that it will be interacting together and not against what we already have, okay? All right, come on around then. Thank y'all for your your time. Let's bless our offering. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to come and uh, bring them gifts uh, to the storehouse. And, Father, we just uh, praise you for it, oh, Lord. 
Now, Heavenly Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would bless every giver and everyone that desired to give, Lord God, and had it not. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that you would open up the windows of heaven and that you would pour out the blessings that we will not have room enough to receive. And, Father God, we pray now for wisdom for every giver and all those that desire to give, that, Lord God, when you release in the abundance, we will know how to give back into the kingdom and be able to be a blessing to others as well as ourselves. This we ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. All right. One more time, let's give God a hand clap of praise. We thank and praise God for uh, him um, bringing, speaking through Minister Tom this morning. We appreciate it. He spoke about blindness and uh, spiritual blindness as well as physical blindness. And in today's world, we've got more. We've got more. Um, we have more spiritual blindness than we have.